The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is our Old Testament reading for this past Sunday, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. We're looking at Exodus chapter 32, verses 7 to 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and worshiped to it, and they have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out? to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants all this land I have promised them and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. My dear friends in Christ, oh, again, we ask that question. How could the Israelites so quickly forget how good God was to them? God was so good to them. He freed them from their slavery in Egypt. Again, by sending those ten, those ten plagues that just destroyed Egypt and the people there. And, and when they were freed and the Pharaoh sent the Egyptian armies out to try to get them, when the Israelites were at the edge of the Red Sea, well, God divided the Red Sea. The Israelites were able to walk across on dry ground and, and God destroyed the Egyptian army by causing the waters to go back to their place. God gave the Israelites manna, quail, and water in the wilderness. And yet the Israelites worshiped the golden calf when Moses was up on Mount Sinai with the Lord receiving the Ten Commandments and other rules and regulations that were part of God's Old Testament law. Well, when they worshiped the golden calf, the Lord on the mountain said to Moses, Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them then I will make you into a great nation. Moses, the faithful prophet of God's people, was being tested by God under these circumstances. He could have said, okay, God, make me into a great nation. 
Instead, what he did is he remembered that our gracious God keeps his promises. Our gracious God keeps his promises. And what God had promised to do is to bring the Israelites back to the promised land of Israel. He promised to make them into this great nation. They already were a very populous nation, but he promised to make them into this great nation. He promised especially that through their nation, the Savior would be born, would enter into our world to, to pay for our sins for us. Our, our text, it concludes, then the Lord relented and did not bring on the people the disaster he had threatened. The word relent is not a word that we often use, but it's a word that refers to a, a change of heart or mind. God relented, and what we'd have to say, of course, God isn't fickle or indecisive. He tells us plainly that those who reject him, those who do not believe in him, ultimately, if they continue in that unbelief, they will perish. He also tells us that those who, by the grace of God, believe in God's unbreakable gospel promises, that they, that we will live forever in heaven. The Lord he explained this to the prophet Jeremiah when he said, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation, I warn, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. When we in faith look to our Lord, the amazing thing is that the Lord not only doesn't inflict disaster on us, and, and we gotta think about what that word disaster really means. Disaster would be that we would be eternally separated from God and all of his blessings, that we'd suffer eternal punishment. Disaster isn't when we go through the much tribulation that we have to face in this life to enter into the kingdom of God. Remember what God does do is God does discipline those he loves. He allows hardships and troubles into our lives because he wants to lead us to repentance. He wants to lead us to look to him for, for forgiveness and, and to look to God for help to fight against the sin that's in our lives. God disciplines those he loves so that we may remain on that narrow path that leads to heaven or to, to get us back onto that narrow path to heaven. So God not only doesn't inflict disaster on us, but he forgives us. He showers us with his blessings of grace and love and ultimately he'll take us home to heaven forever. Our gracious God keeps his promises. Yet, when people sometimes look at God, they almost seem to think about God as if he's up in heaven looking down upon us and looking for some time when we would slip up so that he could end up condemning us. But 
That's not the case. God isn't looking for opportunities to condemn us. We have a Savior who loves us, who will always be there for us, who will help us through every trial and trouble and temptation that we face in this life. He'll help us to fight against sin, the sin that's in our lives. He said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Our gracious God keeps his promises. He's always looking out for our eternal souls. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us remember how good you are to us, how you are gracious. God always keeps his promises to love us, to care for us, so we're motivated to proclaim your gracious promises to, for, to love and forgive us and your desire to love and forgive everybody. Thank you, Lord God, Heavenly Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always, amen.